0: Section 10 of Birds and Nature, Volume 9, Number 4, April 1901. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Availle in September 2017. Do Plants Have Instinct? instinct has been defined as a spontaneous impulse especially in the lower animals that moves them without reasoning toward actions that are essential to their existence preservation and development instinct embedded in their organic structure is the guide of animal life as reason is the guide of rational life instinct is said to be incapable of development and progress it is instinct that guides the wild goose in his long flight to meet the changing requirements of food and nesting it is instinct that enables the carrier pigeon though taken hoodwinked and by night to distant points to wing his way unerringly homeward instinct leads the thrifty squirrel to stock his larder with nuts in anticipation of the period that must pass ere nuts are ripe again and teaches him to destroy the embryo plant by biting out the germ so that his chestnut will not sprout and thus be spoiled for food. The same wonderful power enables the bee to build her comb upon the strictest mathematical principles so as to obtain the greatest storage capacity and strength of structure with smallest consumption of wax, and then to store it with one of the most perfect and concentrated of foods these and many other well-known cases of animal instinct will occur to the reader but the object of this article is to mention a few phenomena of plant life whereby they make what we should designate in human beings an intelligent adjustment to environment or provision for their future life and development as autumn approaches even before jack frost strikes the 1st rude signal for winter quarters for insect and plant or the wintry blasts compel the trees to furl sail and scud under bare poles the forest trees begin to prepare for unfavourable conditions by forming and securely tucking away the bud that is next year to develop into leaf and flower before the leaf drops off a substantial layer of cork is made to close up the pores through which the sap has so freely flowed during the growing season My older readers know, of course, that the green colour of the leaf is due to the numerous corpuscles of chlorophyll which fill the cells. This same chlorophyll has an important mission to fulfil. These little green bodies are the only real food-making machines in nature. Upon the product of these tiny mills all animate nature depends for food their motive power is light and their raw material the inorganic fluids absorbed by the roots from the soil and their product is sugars and starches it will be seen that chlorophyll is one of the most precious as well as one of the rarest of substances for while there may appear a great quantity it is superficial never entering deeply into the substance of the plant the trees by a sort of instinct shall we say withdraw their cohorts of green liveried workers from the front as autumn approaches and deck themselves in the more gaudy but less wholesome colours of declining life it is after the chlorophyll is withdrawn that the layer of cork is formed the sturdy oak usually holds his brown leaves until they are whipped off by the wind the plants have been using light as a motive power for ages while man with his much-vaunted reason is just beginning to utilize the kindred force electricity in arts and sciences man makes light draw a few pictures in sombre black and white while nature flings broadcast landscape and life scenes in varied tints and shades in the process of photosynthesis much more energy is received than is necessary to run the machinery so the plant with commendable frugality uses it in laying on what botanists call warming-up colors if you will notice the peach twigs the next time you take a walk you will see that the more tender shoots and the buds are decked in rich reds and browns that this is not for mere ornament may be practically demonstrated by wrapping the bulbs of two similar thermometers the one with a green leaf the other with a brown or red leaf say of begonia or beet then put the two in the sunlight and you will soon find a difference of from six to ten degrees in favour of the warming-up colour speaking of buds have you examined the horse chestnut bud it is prepared for the winter in the most substantial manner the future leaf is first wrapped in a quantity of finest silky wool Then a number of tough, light green cases are put on, and this is followed by compact brown scales neatly overlapping, with a complete coating of wax so that the interior is effectively protected from the cold and moisture. The use of the warming-up colors is quite common with plants. In the far north, the same plant that requires the whole long-growing season to mature its seed will crowd the whole process into a few weeks it will suspend growth and all other processes or run them on short time and devote itself almost entirely to producing seed and the seed itself will have much thicker shell i was interested last autumn in the pathetic struggle of a humble little chenopodium album that had started life late and under unfavorable circumstances it came up in september under the north piazza near the beaten footpath close to the building i was first attracted by the fact that though it was not over a foot high it had bloomed and was making seed at a desperate rate while its sisters earlier in the season reached several feet in height before blooming but alas For the vanity of the poor little creature, the cold weather during the Christmas holidays came on, and the steam being shut off, the side of the building grew cold, and my struggling little friend was frozen, and soon its lifeless remains were the sport and the risen of the rude January winds. I pitied the poor little vagabond, despite the bad record of her family. Indeed, plants, like people, must suffer sometimes because of an evil ancestry. In this case i was touched by the pathos of the situation and really hoped the pertinacious little wretch might proudly scatter her well-matured seed upon the heart-beaten path as an inspiration to the many boys that passed daily grumbling because of the hardness of their lot but the only moral i can now draw is the foolishness of delaying in the right start sometimes the supply of light energy is so great that the little chlorophyll machines cannot use it in their legitimate work, nor does the plant use it in preparing the warming-up colour. Then the disc-shaped corpuscles turn their edges, instead of their flat surfaces, to the light, or sometimes move deeper down into the leaf. In some cases the leaf itself turns edgewise instead of broadside to the sun. There are many plants so constituted that they cannot live from year to year in our northern climate and they must make some provision for preserving their species and right cunningly do they do this at a certain period of its growth the potato for example puts its starch making machinery to work on full time and hurries the starch down below the surface of the ground and stores it up in what we call a tuber these tubers have stored in them a number of embryo potato plants whose lacklustre eyes we see peeping out on all sides. When the time for growth comes, the young plant starts with a reserve food supply sufficient to keep it growing for some time. We have all noticed, no doubt, how large a plant will grow from a potato even in a comparatively dark cellar. We must not think that tuber-bearing vines and nut-producing trees are actuated entirely by philanthropic motives each nut is the young tree sent forth with his patrimony strapped to his back ready to make a good start in the world as soon as the favourable time comes there are many devices for spending the winter that limits of time and space will prevent me writing about many of them more curious than the simple examples i have cited plants are themselves generally unable to move from their fixed positions so if they are to become prominent in the world they must send out their children and many and ingenious are their devices for accomplishing this end most of my readers are familiar with the parachutes of the silkweed dandelion and various members of the composite family how they sail through the air a walk through the autumn forest will make one the unconscious perhaps unwilling carrier of numerous spanish needles stick tights burrs and seeds of various plants who have taught their children to steal rides in all sorts of provoking ways i imagine the wicked old mother laughs as her ugly baby clings to your clothing sure of a safe ride to a more favorable place for growing many plants achieve the same end in a more pleasant way They produce fruits and berries so luscious that some bird or animal will carry it some distance for the sake of the pulp. Man himself, philanthropist as he is, when he finds that a plant has produced a luscious fruit or palatable seed, will help the distribution and growth, and bring his superior intelligence to the assistance of the plant's slow instinct to improve its product. A book might be written upon the methods of seed dissemination in fact there is a very interesting book upon the subject we will just notice briefly the marvellous adaptation of plants to their environment in the dry plains of arizona grows a peculiar thick-leaved stunted cactus-like plant suited to withstand the drought. in the forests of central south america a great vine climbs to the top of the tallest trees and there flaunts its gay colours to the breeze. In Damara land, southwest tropical Africa, upon a small upland section, and nowhere else in the world, grows the marvellous Welwitia mirabilis, with no real leaves, but with its two cotyledons, persistent and growing to enormous length, living a century and acquiring a great trunk the flower-stalk growing up from the bare trunk while the two great leaves if i may so designate them whip about in the breezes for a century without change except as they fray out at the ends these three so dissimilar plants all had a common not so remote ancestor but have grown so unlike in their effort to adapt themselves to their environment that no casual observer would suspect they were akin There is so much to say about the wonderful intelligence displayed by plants in their various activities, that a volume could not do the subject justice. We started with the question, do plants have instinct? We end with the question, have they? Roland Watts End of section 10